I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. During the last few years, a lack of diversity in the public relations industry and the over-indexing of private school educational professionals in senior positions have come under increasing scrutiny. Industry reports have highlighted the issue year on year, but nothing much has really changed in any meaningful way. But following on from a highly successful stint as CIPR president in 2018 and the subsequent establishing of the Future Proof community, today's guest Sarah Waddington has just launched Socially Mobile, a not-for-profit PR school that is focused on delivering management training to those from lower socio-economic backgrounds as well as underrepresented and underserviced groups. The course is intended to increase the earning potential of practitioners and has an impressive list of lecturers and speakers. Today, we're going to look at the course, who it's for and what it could mean for the industry. But ahead of that, I had to ask Sarah about an incredible announcement last week, as she was awarded a CBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours List for services to public relations and the voluntary sectors. Honestly, it's all a bit mad. I'm thrilled to bits. I've got a certain element of shell shock because I just I didn't know anything about it and I only found out two just over two weeks before the announcement I just honestly could not could not believe my eyes when I got the email. Sarah says the reaction to the announcement has been amazing but her position on it is that nobody works in isolation. This is for me tantamount to the power of community when you look at things like Future Proof the community I created in 2015 that only works because brilliant people really selflessly and generously gave their time and continue to give their time free of charge, their time and expertise. And that, you know, I kind of, what I think this award stands for, this is not about me, this is about the people who give their time to make life better for other people. And I think that's why it's special. I agree to an extent, but I think you're being a bit modest. If I'm honest. <laughs> it, it takes, it's taken you to do that stuff and lead it that has made that what it is. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. It's just like I say, it's overwhelming. It's it's fantastic. Have you looked at other people who have got CBs? Because I have. <laughs> you know, it's a bit nuts when you looked at it. So the first what happened was I um, got this email because it's an email rather than a letter now because of COVID. Came in at two minutes to six on a Thursday and I was trying desperately to plough through my work and shut my Mac down. <laughs> yeah. And I actually thought is we've we've had an issue with some online harassment and I actually thought it was an email that was to do with that. And I was like, Oh, here we go. Uh-huh. Um, Cause it had a very bizarre title. It was just like BD dot on 21. I thought, Oh, what is this? And then I opened it and then I panicked. Cause I couldn't I start to read it. I thought, oh, what's this? What's this? So I ran into the, took my Mac into the kitchen where um, Stephen oh, busy preparing dinner. Mm. I said, what's well, so look at this? Look at this. What is it? So he then looked at it and he'd been aware of the application because he co-conspired with my client and friend, Jen Robson at the Northeast Local Enterprise Partnership. Right. And he was roaring. He was like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant because apparently an application can be in play for three years. Oh, wow. Okay. And then he clicked in. So I was trying to grab my MacBook because he'd like taken it off me and I couldn't, I was trying to jump, trying to jump to see over his shoulder. Uh, and then he opened, so there's an attachment open that, and then he nearly fell o- over because it was a CBE. And he, he'd said, in, you know, like in the wildest dreams, him and Jen had hoped for an MBE and OBE. Anything yeah. is wonderful. Yep. 
so then he was properly chortling and slapping his thigh. But, um, <laughs> it was it was just yeah, it was a, a really lovely moment. But I, I just it's really shocking. And you know, I'll tell you where my head is, Paul. Um, I spent the two weeks after that just thinking, oh my god, what happens if my name's not on the list? And then on the day of the announcement, we had a really impromptu drinks in our garden. So a couple of friends just dropped in and out to manage the COVID regulations. And um, we went to bed after midnight and I woke up in a cold sweat at three o'clock in the morning. Like literally sat bolt upright. I just I had had this dream. that I was at a big civic ceremony and um, I'd been asked to say something. And I'd very, very typically me, I'd said shit or sworn or something. <laughs> And um, there was this massive clacks and wah, wah alarm. And then the voice of God said, this is not appropriate behavior. And I was publicly shamed. So it just shows you where my head is with all this. I'm just a little bit like, wow, am I grown up enough for this? I don't, I don't actually know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's lovely. And my mum is so absolutely thrilled. And my sister and uh, Walter's been amazing. And my kids had chuffed to bits and we got the... We got the papers, and they took a they they took the cutting in to show their friends at school. It's yeah. just it's, it is incredibly it is incredibly special, and it just yeah. You look at the other people, and just it is it's quite it's overwhelming in some respects. I can't I can't really explain it. Yeah. Well, when you're listed alongside the likes of Stephen Hawking and oh, you know Helen and Bonham Carter, Hugh Laurie, I looked up loads. I mean, it is incredible, and uh, yeah, it's so well deserved. It really is. So, thank you, you Paul. Know, I appreciate congratulations. that. Thanks. Sarah used the CBE announcement to launch Socially Mobile. The project was initially devised two and a half years ago, but due to various factors, not least of which was a global pandemic, it's taken a while for it to see the light of day. I asked her where the idea came from in the first place. The initial idea had been that we would fundraise and then people would apply to us and say, I've seen this course I'd like to do. They'd have to build the rationale for why they needed a a grant. And then we would pay the money out to the educational establishment. And obviously that was quite a lot of, you know, it's a lot of work there in terms of fundraising, big target, and also admin at the, you know, back at the ranch in terms of, because the money would have had to go to the establishment rather than the person for obvious governance reasons. Yeah. And then, like I said, we had this idea, so right, we'll bring them together. Why don't we use the wonderful network around us and we will create a course in the style of an exec education course, so an eight to 12 week program, mm-hmm. and we'll do it online and we'll get the wonderful people around us to, to contribute because we know they will because they're generous and then they all jumped in and they'd said yes straight away. And um, that's how we'll do it. So we'll offer it free of charge to the people who need it. So it's for specifically for people from disadvantaged backgrounds, so lower socioeconomic background and underserved groups. So if you're disabled uh, or you're from black ethnic minority background, maybe women returners. So groups that are really aren't as well served as, as others in our industry. And they'll be able to apply. And if they fit the criteria, they'll get on. But we'll also open it to fee earners. And actually, it's the fee earners that will help this CIC wash its face because actually we've had a number of donations from wonderful people like Don't Cry Wolf, Curzon PR, Wards and I from our own individual companies have also basically foot the startup costs to date. You know, once we're up and running, once we've got past that big hurdle, actually the running costs aren't daunting, they aren't excessive, bearing in mind the the current marketplace we're working in and that those fee earners will help, you know, will help us keep it the content fresh, keep the platform going. So yeah, that's the intention. It's a really big, 
really big ambitious project but we're absolutely thrilled with it and um the response has just been amazing you know you know people talk about our industry that sometimes it can be selfish and introspective but actually i find that it can also be incredibly generous and quick to offer support and you know make things happen so what prompted the thinking that led to socially mobile Sarah says that after her year as CIPR president, she had some momentum to affect change and didn't want to lose it. I think what happened is, as president, I'd seen all these industry reports. You looked at the PRCA um, census. You looked at the state of the profession by the CIPR. And you know what? It just it was driving me insane. You know, every single year we talk about how important it is for us to be more diver- diverse and inclusive. And every single year, actually, the gap gets worse. Mm. And um, you can look even recently, you know, the last reports, they show that we have a higher number of black and ethnic minority practitioners than before. But you know what, they're only in junior roles, and it right. just doesn't work it is we're not, we're not solving the problem, we're not getting better. And um, the, what worries me a little bit is there's, and I know it's very complex, and it's hard to do, and it costs money, but it can be tempting to go for the quick fixes. And that's not what this industry needs. And what we need to make sure is that this isn't just just an industry for people who can afford to do free internships and, and the wealthy, you know, and we do have a high, much higher than average proportion of people who've been to uh, an independent school rather than state school in mm-hmm. this industry. We, we are quite unusual like that. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I've been reading all about this. I was frustrated. Um, there wasn't really anything that I could sense a gap in the market. And so that final year where you do your past presidency, yeah. I kind of blogged about it and said, this is what my intentions are. And at that point, I'd actually started the application, um, had some people who were willing to step forward as directors who have been brilliant and continue to be involved in one way or another. But um, we'd put the application to the Charity Commission. Now, people had said, oh, there's a terrible wait. You're going to have to wait. And it did actually take nine months for them to come back and say no, because PR is too affluent as a profession, which the irony of it, because I was a bit like, that's the whole point. It it looks very affluent. There are some big salaries Mm. um, and big jobs, but Ultimately, it's harder and harder for people to get into this profession. But then it was good because, you know what, gave me a bit of a kickstart because that kind of peed me off a bit. And I thought, all right, then double challenge. I'm not going to be beaten at this point. We start to look at the business models and I took some advice and and someone said, you know, the community interest company, it was actually a lawyer, will give you much more flexibility, be able to do more. So you might start as with a particular business model in mind, but you'd be able to flex. Fewer tax breaks for people who donate, but, you know, that's not why people donate anyway. If they like the cause, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. So it's like, okay, cool. And then we managed to get that fairly quickly. But what was starting to concern me is at that point, COVID hit, and I did have to put that on the side burner because I yeah, just, yeah. you know, as everybody did, you just had to concentrate on getting through every single day, which felt like a lifetime. <laughs> Podcast analysis has always been a major problem for marketers, with outreach efforts reliant on dubious download numbers and a lot of guesswork. Until now. Podchaser Pro is a new service that solves the problem for podcasters and marketers alike. I caught up with co-founder Cole Raven. We've built this new product around audience sizes so that as like a PR agency or a marketing agency, you can use this tool to really understand how many listeners every podcast gets. And then we provide contact information on top of that. We understand how many people are listening to a podcast, how far they get into each episode, in some cases, demographic data. You can't find that anywhere else. 
check it out at podchaserpro.com forward slash digital download. Although the delays caused by the Charity Commission and COVID have obviously been frustrating for Sarah, she says that the hold-ups and the meetings that came about because of them have ultimately been for the better. The final business model and the community interest company status mean that Socially Mobile is in a far stronger position than it would have been had it launched as planned a couple of years ago. I asked Sarah what format the course itself takes. Just formalising exactly how long it's going to be because we're finalising perhaps a little bit of additional content that we hadn't put in the initial syllabus. So it is still evolving a little. But the idea is that this is not for entry-level practitioners because they've got apprenticeships and there are other ways in. This is for people who are perhaps a couple of years in very tactically proficient but stuck stuck for the, either you know whatever reason they may have you know people don't talk about in work poverty that that very much exists and it's going to get worse and if you read about um inflation rises that we're expecting to see it, it's this is only become going to become an ever bigger problem mm. so these are the people who uh, are either stuck in a role and their employers won't invest in them and they can't afford it themselves or they've returned to work you know you often find that you know we don't talk about it very often but women returners are seen as a bit of a threat to an organisation. Are they going to go off again? We don't really want to pay for her to have more training. Yeah. And, just, you know, people who are perhaps a little bit old and have had a bit of time out for whatever reason and want to refresh themselves. But the idea is that this will take them from being in a tactical road to a more strategic one or have the opportunity to apply for more strategic roles so they can earn more. So this is all about helping them with their earning potential. And with that in mind, in terms of the syllabus, what we've done is done some very core modules, but there are also some specialist management capability modules. So that means that if we we recognize that some of these people who go on this course might actually be thinking, maybe it's time for me to start my own business. For me, I kind of got trapped and there was a bit of a glass ceiling in my last organization and I escaped that by setting up my own business and I'm just always very aware of that so we have things like core skills so what are the skills that you absolutely I think you need to have so things like strong decision making Mm -hmm. influence negotiation uh, how that works with good leadership and ethics we're going to look at creativity and what does that look like obviously you'd expect a, a decent module on planning and measurement absolutely crucial yeah. and we've got two brilliant people for that professor Anne gregory and, and richard bagnell you know like the d2 leaders in our industry you know i've worked in a number of agencies before i started my own company and i used to get really frustrated by the same problem cropping up everywhere in terms of you'd have people who are brilliant account managers and then they'd be immediately promoted to account director having had no idea about financial planning and given no yeah, training yeah. and they're supposed to be able to read a PL and understand what they've got to bring in and how that contributes to the company's success so we've got a core module on financial planning and management so how to look at budgeting you know performance indicators that kind of thing of course with Wads's background we've got tech and workflow you know how to build a tech stack and how uh, managing people and building a high performance team and a lovely one on risk management now the wonderful Kate Hartley from Polpeo has offered to do that and she will also do a live crisis simulation so the way it works they're the core modules but um not the specialist ones but the way it works is that every week there will be two recorded sessions so you'll have your lecturer and then like a master class and then you'll have a little bit of coursework to do so like I say very 
very typical so it would be a kind of reflection piece what did you learn from this have you got an example of whether this has happened to you in the workplace how will your practice change as a result so most of them will be recorded there'll be a welcome live welcome from Wads and I but there'll also be that live crisis simulation yeah. and then the other modules are great too so like if you if you're in the market for starting a business what does that look like you know literally what do you need to think about building better organizations so a piece on you know if you're going to do it why you need to have vision and purpose at the core um, especially if you want to build a legacy and that's very much what I believe in in terms of the business that you know that you should have a, a vision and you should think about it in terms of your long-term legacy what do you want to be known for what do you stand for because I think that dictates your behavior from start to finish and we've got again brilliant people John Brown from Don't Cry Wolf and then of course David Gallagher who's just published a book on this very subject with John O'Brien we've got one on change management one on strategy of growth and another on leadership and culture so hopefully a very nicely well-rounded syllabus we've spoken to quite a few people to get their take to see what they think and the idea is like I say it's a manageable we're bearing in mind that public relations is a, is a very busy job let's not face it it's quite stressful people say it's not rocket science it that irritates me a little bit because it's not it's not <laughs> but you know what it's it's a challenging job it, yeah. and we have to juggle many competing priorities and expectations all the time and so it, it's it, these these things are really important it's exciting oh, daunting but exciting yeah yeah and it's it's obviously very management level led led on management like you say not tactical stuff on mm. strategic side of things and i have to say that the scope of the things you've outlined there is incredible really because if i think back to i don't know my agency days i never had any of that sort of training and uh, most people probably don't and you i don't know you absorb things and learn things as you go but on the job right yeah exactly right but the, the people who go through this are going to have such a massive step up in terms of not just the the modules, but the people who are training them. I mean, it, it's an incredible opportunity. Thanks, Paul, it is. I'm, and I'm chuffed a bit. And like I say, these people are so generous because they're literally creating the content themselves and they're going to re- pre-record it. We're, you know, we're sorting that out. We've got an office manager setting up the recordings at the moment. And, you know, like I say, and people like Kate, like I say, giving a live free session as well. So it's mm. it's quite significant. And I love the fact that nobody will know who's on free of charge and who's not because we're yeah. going to have this mixed cohort, which is really important. And then we're going to create kind of like a safe space community where they can continue networking, getting to know each other. So we've got all these hopefully a group of alumni which will only grow as time goes on yeah and I think that really matters because it can feel quite isolating can't it sometimes if you need something and you don't know who to turn to and the idea is that we can we can deal with that too so there's a community where you can post what might seem like a dumb question um, and someone will probably have the answer have you got any sort of goals in mind in terms of how many people you'd like to be able to put through this no, I always said in the very beginning, I wanted to keep it, uh, I didn't want to be too ambitious. I want to prove the actual process and the the tech and everything, because I want this to be a really valuable experience for people, which means that we want it to be high quality, we want it to work. So I don't expect to take, you know, we talked about perhaps 40 people on this first cohort, but already we've had people say, do you know what, we could see how this could scale. In my head, I kept this very much UK based, but people are saying, well, I don't know why this could work internationally. So there's like, there's a big scope, but I'm kind of like, get this working, get it right. You know, I think there is going to be a learning curve. So, you know, it's the first time yeah, I've sure. done this, the first process, we're going to have to iterate and learn as we go. But I want everybody to feel like that learning process was 
worked for them and it was important. Um, so yeah, hopefully 40, but then I guess we get it right and we keep the content fresh and the sky's the limit. But just, uh, it's on the side, you've got to remember, so this is our, it's another charitable endeavor on the side of what we're doing. So we've just got to keep yeah. it manageable as well. If we get to a point, you know, where we're earning enough from the fee paying people, the intention is that we appoint someone full, full time. So we've got um, a part-time um, student who's helping us as an office manager at the moment, which is fantastic. But ultimately it will need, it will need someone who's kind of like on it formally all the time and then um, each year we will publish an impact report which was just to show what the impact what the what the difference has been for each person um and again again we can do that and hopefully get some of the case studies because because nobody will know who's been on for what reason whether they applied yeah, and yeah. paid or whether they didn't so hopefully anybody will feel free to share their story and how do you think it stacks up or how does it work in perhaps in combination with sort of things like from the prca and the cipr obviously there's the the charitable side of it but how do you think the course itself stacks up against the sort of things offered by those other bodies you know I think it fits in really nicely it's very specific as you said it doesn't I think there's a lot of courses which are based on tactical competencies yeah yeah and yes you can go and do a day's piece on strategy this is this is slightly different. I, I, what I like about it is it, it does innovate innovate because it's different to what's out there. When we looked and, and did an audit, there was definitely a gap in the market for something like this. It's much more agile. You can update the content fairly quickly if you needed to. Um, and what that our intention is, as ever, you know, as as Woz does with his blog, is to very much respond to the market needs and look at the what next. Because you know, you know, what's great is that he's always just on the horizon of what's what's coming so you've got a good barometer of whether we're in the right space and the people involved are at the peak of their careers as well so we know that if they're comfortable with what we're talking about we're we're in the right space so I think what's been really nice about both organizations both the CIPR and PRCA I mean Francis is a director along with myself and, and Stephen they've both been incredibly supportive they don't see it as nibbling on their heels in the slightest that they you yeah. know they, they don't see it as being a threat to what they're trying to sell mm-hmm. they just think it's a, a another great place that they can signpost people to so I, i've been thrilled about that because you know you just don't know quite you know these organizations no, 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 sure. they, they are very dependent on selling training and their rewards and things like that so it's, it's they need that revenue mm. um, and we wouldn't want to do anything to damage that but i i just think this this is a slightly different offer and actually it you know it probably suits them to have that gap in the market filled as much as anything yeah okay so in terms of getting involved with this well i assume there's two sides to it there's there's the donation side and there's perhaps the the skill side and and the Mm. support side of it taking the first of those can i for example donate a specific amount that will put one person through the course 100 percent. so what's lovely about this and, and we've started to see some of these donations coming in for which we're really great because like i say the startup costs are quite high as you'd imagine yeah. once we're up and running that hopefully like i say these fee paying places will will help keep it ticking over but um we're saying 695 per place to get on the course mm-hmm. and and we've already had some people say can i pay for either one or however many places please yeah. which is really lovely and i think what's great about it is i think for any agency to think that if you put one of your member of your of your team on you're that you're helping somebody else also get a step up the career ladder I think that, that probably feels quite nice it's it's not 
um, an onerous sum as well, which is why I think the length of time it took to get this up and running is better because rather than going to, to companies and saying, would you donate 5, 10K and become a sponsor? Yeah. You're basically saying, we'd love a donation, please. But actually, if you put a member of your team on this, you're also you know helping somebody else it's a bit like one of the, the the old tom's campaign where you bought a pair of shoes and you you know you were giving a pair of shoes to somebody else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i just don't think i think for any agency small or big 695 is is not a number that would you know you'd blink about and then there's the other side of it obviously as well in in terms of i mean are you looking for still looking for people with specific skills or do you want people to promote it? I mean, how do other people get involved in that aside from the donation side? Yeah, sure. And all support very gratefully received, uh, however that comes, to be honest. And, and like I say, thank you for having me on this podcast to talk about it, so just to get the word out. So when we open our first uh, application process, all help with uh, sharing so we get to the right people would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we are busy, conf- we've got the majority of our speakers confirm not everybody's on the website but we're busy working through that and that'll be updated so we we have since the cba announcement and the fact that we linked to socially mobile um, we've had quite a few more people throw their hat in the ring which again is really generous so we're working through that list so i think we're pretty much there in terms of our current lecturers and masterclasses but we will be going out before too long to look for people with perhaps some background in uh, assessing so what we there's two things that we need or we'd like a a committee who can assess the applications that are coming in because the criteria will need a little bit of looking at each individual's situation and, and making a making a call on that and the second one is um when it comes to the cohort being live um anybody with a kind of education background might be able to help with the course like the actual marking because um obviously there's going to be however many people on the course and every single week i don't think it's going to be massively onerous based on you know what we're intending to set but we do want to see the application of the the, you know like what what they've learned to understand that they have picked up what we've been trying to teach that particular week and actually how they intend to take that in forward in terms of practice so um we it, it helps if we've got people who are experienced in that field so we'll be going out to to do a bit of recruitment for that as well in time yeah fantastic is there anything else that i've missed on the course and that you would like to communicate about it no, I think you've been brilliant. You've, uh, as ever, you always do heaps of research. You've always come massively informed. And I, do, <laughs> I do appreciate that. But um, I think I think I just want to say I'm grateful to people like you and all the people who got involved. And like I say, especially Don't Cry Wolf and Curzon PR. Farzana Baduel at Curzon was in with both feet straight away. She, you know, she, you know, she's been in our steering group from the big beginning. But also the teachers, you know, like if you look at these people, they are massively busy people who don't need to do this kind of thing and I just think it's what I mean like testament to our industry that when they need to step up they do and to and towards you know like this is something that I've been wittering on about for ages and he's in you know like with me I couldn't do this without him you know like I can get to us I can have the idea in terms of the actual build it's not in my comfort zone whatsoever and he's this is where he absolutely thrives, that innovation piece and what's needed in building something new. So thank goodness for him. It, it, it does make for a good team. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, best of luck with it. I really hope it it, it works. I'm sh- to, to be honest, I'm sure it will. I think it's a fantastic idea. Thank you. Um, so best of luck with it. And and congratulations again on the CB. It, it's so well-deserved. Thank um, you. No, it's, it's just great to see.
I really appreciate it. Honestly, it's, uh, yeah, wow. It's just like that. I'll, I'll get used to it eventually. But um, yeah, I'll have a, I'm sure I'll have a bit of fun with that. But like I say, if, if I can use it as a platform and it encourages others to do their little bits where they can, I think that's that's the key. That's That's the best thing. That's the best thing that will come out of it. To find out more about Socially Mobile, go to sociallymobile.org.uk. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please do leave a review as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.